The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Everyone keeps saying my last name wrong. It's Billy Quarantillo. Get used to saying that. It says, get these wins, baby. Let's go. Billy Quarantillo. Billy Q. It don't matter what you call him. He gets the job done. Oh, oh, the tap from Welcome to the UFC, Brandon Royval. Fighting out of Englewood, Colorado. Here is Brandon Welcome to what we hope is a good episode of UFC Unfiltered. Matt and I are, like the rest of you in the world, in remote locations. Uh, we have uh, Brandon Royval on the show today, and we also have, I think for the first time as well, Billy Quar- uh, Quarantillo um, is coming on after a very impressive win over Spike Carlisle. That was a really close fight. That was, an ins- that was I'm sorry. It was insane, that fucking that fight. That was a fucking insane fight. You know I love jiu-jitsu, Jimmy. Yeah, yes, you I mean, do. I was, I was enjoying the uh, revert, everything. From the near submissions to the reversals, um, how and impressed the were you with Spike? Like he literally had these amazing bursts, uh, 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 like you said, reversal. How in, in, incredible was that to watch? How good he was uh, at, at getting out of things, but it looked like he was really uh, close to being submitted quite a few times. Hey, man, can I be honest? I think his I think his ginger corn rolls help him with those triangles. Sliding out. I like was that. watching it. I'm like, yo, <laughs> yeah, he he had a bald head like mine. And it was uh, Jimmy. I know there's no if the people listening in their cars, I apologize. But right now we see each other. Yeah. And I know you're I know you see me flexing a lot. You are flexing right? a lot. But yes. the reason it's not about me being vain. No. What am I? Do you see what I'm wearing? Could you read this? It says. It, it says, I wish this was my chair, and it's a fist. That's kind of disgusting, man. <laughs> it doesn't say that, Jimmy. No, it doesn't. Don't mislead him. Oh, is that? It says Fight and, Island. You, you know what? On, is that a UFC shirt? And it's, listen to me. How did you I, get uh, one? You didn't get one? I didn't get one. They sent them to me, Jimmy. I didn't get one. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they, who they like more, the, the, the higher ups. I am close with Dana, but I, I got, Dana I, likes me. Like, Dana, you're closer, I, I, but he uh, likes me enough to get me Jimmy, a t shirt. Jimmy. What? Look how comfortable. Why I do this is because I feel Let me see like it. it's a. It's so comfortable. Let me I see wish it. you could be here and feel it. Can this I see it? Forever. I do. They give me a. I like it. White Island on the UFC. That's it. awesome. You know, it looks badass and it's comfortable. Okay, no, listen. I'm not trying to sell these things. I'm, it's just comfortable, and you see me flexing a lot, and only because I do look powerful. You do look very powerful in that shirt. I have a big Thank baggy. You. Then again, I just ate a sandwich with cheese on it. So maybe it wouldn't be good time for me to have a fight island. That's a great fucking shirt. Is that Kurt Cobain on your shirt? No. Oh, who is it? 
Oh, who is Ozzy Osbourne, you goose. Oh, I always said it. <laughs> Kurt Cobain. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm lightheaded, Jimmy. I only see the top of the head, though. That's why. Yeah. So uh, anyway, you have a very um, nice shirt, and I'm, I, I have a bone to pick with the UFC that I was not sent one. We have. Listen, I enjoyed those fights. Were yeah. freaking awesome. They were awesome, and I can't wait to get into talking about all of them. But yes. I, Tim Elliott, we're going to talk to um, uh, Ravel later on, yep. and and that was his debut. I'm getting my notes right now, so I'm on. But let me how I mean, Tim Elliott, that pace of that fight was so amazing. And, and that fight with the jujitsu, with oh my goodness, man, there was so many things done right. Yeah. By this kid. Uh and Tim Elliott, he he almost did a Tim Elliott to Tim Elliott. Because Tim Elliott, Tim Elliott, I think he calls himself awkward MMA. Did you hear that? No, I did not. Oh, a hundred. Well, I was just listening to it. I was just watching it, and uh, he calls his style awkward MMA. And I'm trying to get the fucking notes. You know, it's so annoying. Um, I might have to, I mean, You guys might have to start texting me this shit because I'm not good, Jimmy. At my fuck. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry, Antonio. Attacking the guy. It's my fault. Um, the other guy, and this is what I like about. Uh, Royvel <laughs> is um, Brandon Royvel. He said something like he has like ADD, um, ADD uh, MMA or something. Like he's like in the moment. So I could relate with this with, with this kid. You could. And, and I want to know when he started jujitsu, and he put to put out Tim Elliott away with an arm triangle is, is pretty impressive. And your UFC debut. And no one was really wild to me. Is the kid was upset. After the fight. It was his performance. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. He's upset and he submitted Tim Elliott. I just think the it was so emotional for him and he's sure. probably so happy. And in a fight like that, a lot of times in a fight, even that you win, you think about like the worst moments in your fight. Yep. They stick out in your head. You know what I mean? So maybe I'm sure I want to ask him if he went back and he watched it. And if he feels differently now, because I understand one, that yeah. I'm like that after a show, like I'll think of like uh, of the worst moment, like like and normally it's like the moment I step on stage until the moment I leave. I'll just think of what a disaster the whole thing was. But yeah, you always pick out that. But how good you do, you always pick out that one shitty thing or I guess that the sign of a perfectionist in a way. But you also don't want to not enjoy your 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 a win over such a, a great fighter and in such an impressive way um you know but i guess that's what makes this guy a good fighter and he's a he's a young kid he was saying how he had to go to work he had to yeah, go to work tomorrow, you know so i mean it's funny like uh he keeps fighting like that i don't think he's gonna have to worry about a day job jimmy now matt can we also discuss before we get uh brandon or billy on the phone uh, we should discuss we are both wrong in our picks but uh, Tyron Woodley and I has had ten straight bad rounds in the UFC, and, and for a fighter, and I don't even remember the Damian Maya fight. He won, but I mean, he was heavily criticized after that. I don't remember what the final rounds were, how, how, what what the final score. If that was a fifty forty five win for him, I don't remember. But he, something happened to Woodley. In my opinion, is is that he is just kind of hanging back, waiting for the moment to throw the one knockout punch. Kind of the way uh, Roy Nelson was doing and, and Henderson. It's not to criticize these guys. It's just, you know, like it must feel good just to hit somebody and be able to knock them out. But it's really, I think, hurting him. And in between rounds, he looked lost. 
And I, I, w- I would say frightened, but not, I, not frightened. I don't think he's frightened of being hit. I don't think he's frightened I mean, of, like, you know, of being hurt. It, it's almost like I'm lost. There, there was something in his eyes that looked very vacant in between the first and second round. Can I tell you what I seen after that first round? And it was a hell of a round for even weather. I mean, oh, I thought yeah, he yeah. was almost taken out yeah. immediately. Yep. Um, I hate to say it, but I feel like I saw a, a discouraged yep. uh, Tyrone Woodley after that first round. Like, like, ah, shit, this is a nightmare. And I'm thinking, man, he's got, you know, that's the first round. Yeah. So the fact that he lasted, you know what I mean? And uh, that fight, and he, and he, and he was able to, to make it through Gilbert. But, you know, I mean, it's so strange, though, because everybody's saying, man, Tyrone, you know, Tyrone didn't look – like himself, or maybe he's slipping, maybe, you know, his best days are gone. But what about Gilbert Burns, man? A lot has got to be, he was just, it's a lot, some of it might have been, I mean, mean, you could put a little bit on Tyron not looking like Tyron, but a lot has to be put on Gilbert Burns doing what it needed to be done. And the way he put it together from the striking, what about the beautiful takedown, the timing on that takedown? Amazing. It was just, he just—he's so well-rounded, and he's putting it all together so nicely now that I thought that Tyron was going to be like the bigger guy because Gilbert used to fight at one fifty-five. Gilbert looked like the bigger guy. I'm like, yeah. maybe it's just that weigh-ins. Maybe after he fuels up, he's going to be. And I don't know. This is the thing. Tyron is thirty-eight. Yeah, and. He's always been an, a very um, athletic fighter. Like, a lot is based on his explosiveness, yeah. his power. When that starts to fade, even a little bit, even a little bit, maybe his all-time explosiveness is, is when he's on 10. Maybe now he's down to a 7. Yeah. That could make a difference in these uh, yeah. in, in the top of the top, with the top of the top fighters. You know what I mean? it, it does make a difference. And, uh, you know, the reason I'm putting it more on him, and it's not taking any way Burns was incredible, is because it's 10 straight rounds. Between Usman and between uh, Gilbert Burns, I mean, Tyron Woodley is the number one ranked welterweight. I mean, he's, he's a world-class fighter. And for him to have 10 straight lost rounds, fairly badly lost rounds, is what makes me think there's something going on with him as well. It, it's just... I don't know what happens. Maybe you're right. Maybe it just is against the top talent. You lose that one step, and, and it's very uh, impossible to recover. I don't know. You but know it was surprising was to see him um, so hesitant uh, and just so uh, – he just didn't look like himself at all. I thought because he was going to be fighting Leon Edwards, and, and Tyron's no dummy. He knows how dangerous right. Leon Edwards is. So the fact that he was getting ready for him, and then all of a sudden, now he's it switched around. He's fighting Gilbert Burns. This I'm not, I, when I say similar fighters, they pull. They're both very well rounded, and I, I'd say they're similar in a sense. They're dangerous with the, very dangerous with striking, good wrestling, good jujitsu. Gilbert obviously thinks, I think is better jujitsu, but yeah, I mean they're similar fighters compared to going from fighting Damian Maya to fighting a guy like Tyron Woodley. So I thought that was to. Uh, was to to the uh, Tyron's uh, advantage. And then we talked to Mike Swick. And Mike Swick was saying how he's over there in Thailand and he's training hard, he's looking great. Yeah. The old Tyron type of thing. Uh, Out of this, listen, man, I I don't know. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, hi, uh, Bernie. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. How are you, man? I'm doing good. And yourself? Doing well. You, you look happy. Were you happy after the fight? Or we were talking before you were a little critical of yourself. Uh, is that just your nature, or was there something that you weren't happy with? Um, I don't think I was exactly happy about the fight, or like how I did in the fight. Honestly, um, for for myself, I like I don't know. It just kind of felt like I got my ass beat for like seven minutes, and then got a submission. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know. I, I feel like I just got manhandled. And, like, for me, like, I would definitely, like, wanted to go in there and prove a point. And uh, I felt like, I don't know, my performance in there didn't look like I was a top UFC flyweight contender. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't, like, feel like I went out there and, like, I, I didn't go out there and look like I was ready to go be a world beater out there. I wasn't ready to go out there. I don't know. I just wanted to go out there and make a statement, and I felt like I didn't go out there and do that, you know? Uh, Brandon, you made a statement. First of all, how yeah. are you, buddy? Nice to meet you. Good, man. A, up, listen, man? hey, man, I'm a jujitsu man. And let me tell you something. I know. Minor, you might have made a statement if you went out there and submitted them or knocked them out in the first opening seconds. Oh, who's this kid? After that, you are, you got a lot of fans after that fight. I'll tell you right now. A lot of new fans. I did not know who you were. I know who you are now. I love that match, man. Holy shit. Know what I like? I like you in bad positions doing technically the right thing to get out. You on all fours, starting off rough, Tim's um, in the wrestling ride. Before you look to just roll out, you step your leg behind his leg to make sure that he's not going to take your back. You know what the F I'm talking about. Yeah. I love that shit, man. It's beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, like, at the same time, so, uh, I don't know, I, like, especially trying to, like, you get at this level, you got to start working on MMA IQ. I'm quick to, like, want to die for submissions and stuff and like i don't know i made a little bit of critical like errors that uh i don't know if i was facing like a guy like Sahudo, that would have been the end of the fight like you know what i'm saying or situations like that if i'm facing the top of the guys that that could have been a difference maker um i jumped a guillotine when i should probably stop doing stuff like that as uh especially going to the being in the ufc now is like i'm not gonna get away with stuff like that anymore you know so uh I know I put myself in some bad positions, but like I, I get what you're saying, and I appreciate it, man. I, I appreciate it all. Like I definitely do that. That's a smart way to look at it. The way the way you're saying it is like I don't think I'll get away with it on this level. It, it's probably a smart way to to see it. Um, how did you handle uh, walking in without the the crowd? Was that weird for you mentally at all? Uh, well, originally, man, it was going good. Like it was going smooth. I'm a pretty emotional fighter, man. I definitely like wear my heart in the sleeve a little bit when I go out there, so I get pretty emotional right before I go out there and fight. But I thought I kind of had it together until like right when I went for that walk and then I like as soon as I started walking like I kind of started to lose it a little bit um I don't know man I like I said for me like to go into a fight like I I feel like I go into a little bit of like a like a little bit of a dark 
place a little bit. Um, like that being said, is like I go in there, especially finding a guy like Tim Elliott. I I went in there and I was like, I just talked to my coach and I was like, kind of like, it's weird getting ready for a fight where like I know a dude's not gonna go out there and just like wrestle me down and hold me down for uh, three rounds. You know, he's gonna try to beat my face in that mat. If I get on the ground, he's gonna throw a hundred punches at my face, and I'm gonna walk out like not in a good position. Like you know what I'm saying? So I, I walking into like a, a fight where you know it's gonna be an actual battle. It's a it's a whole different mind state for me. So like. I was going in there ready for whatever. And like, I was ready to go out there and like get my ass beat in a sense, you know, but, uh, that being said is, so I don't know, I get like super emotional. It was different. It was different for me, but it kind of wrapped back up to like me kind of losing my shit. Uh, it's funny when Jimmy, you brought that up that with the, with the lack of the crowd there, I want to see how much that affected Tim Elliott too, between yeah. rounds. I don't know if you saw this clip, Jimmy. Yeah, or if you, heard I did it. See it. you saw it, right? Brandon, you see Tim Elliott, his coach talked to him. Before he gets off the school, he's like, yo, it's too quiet in here. or too fucking quiet in here. Something yeah. like that. Straight up. I mean, it was like, to think that going into the second round is kind of fucking odd, to be honest with you. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's, so, yeah, that's actually probably a, even more. Is like, I'm used to fighting in, like, empty arenas. I don't have too many fans. As they, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, uh, that's probably a little bit more like my, uh, like my benefit. And I was getting ready to fight on the Contender Series anyways, so. I think it all kind of benefited me fighting in there. I think the only thing that didn't really benefit me is fighting in a smaller arena where uh, I like my game plan is with Tim, I'd probably be stick and move and stay on the outside and pick him apart from the outside. And that wasn't going to happen in that tiny arena because it's all over my ass. Uh, where did you grow up? And what's the first martial art you started with, Brandon? Um, I'm a, I started in a complete, and I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and I started off as like a complete MMA fighter. So like I started off in a gym. Oh, it was actually, we didn't like have much wrestling, but like, I started off in an MMA gym where we worked uh, jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. So I started off with my coach was uh, my coach Mark Montoya now was my original kickboxing coach at uh, at um, the gym I worked I trained at. So he was my Muay Thai coach at the gym that I was at. And uh, then like, another one of my corners named him Scotty. He's, he's one of my tra- like not a training partner because he's obviously way better than me and like knows way more. So he was just like a, a guy who teach the the morning classes and stuff. So. I've been training with those guys forever, man. So I was 16 years old. So I started off in like an actual MMA gym, doing MMA and doing all that. You never did jujitsu competitions or did you? Oh, I did jujitsu competitions. Yeah, I did a lot of jujitsu competitions when I was younger, but what I got kind of tired away from it. Huh, 27. No, what belt are you in jujitsu? Oh, I'm, I'm a black belt. Oh, hell yeah, you are. Shit. I got, I got it not too long ago. <laughs> What's that? I said I got it not too long ago. So like I, I wear it a little like tucked in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, man, I'm telling you, I was I was impressed. And uh, did you did you did jujitsu come to you quicker than the striking, or did you just were you just money at everything, just natural at everything? No, so I think uh, I think originally, I, like when I was younger, I wanted to be a boxer. That was like my like main dream when I was a little kid. Like oh, I was like play hockey a little bit, but I wanted to be a boxer, and that's what we like would always train for. So like when we started MMA, man, I started MMA like mainly because like. Like, I don't know. I got into, like, little jujitsu, like, watching, like, as you watch UFC, but we're fast-forwarding through all the ground game and stuff. Like, we, I could care less about the ground game when I first started watching MMA. Uh, so I fast-forwarded through it and uh, kind of, like, I don't know. It kind of, like, you, you, grew, you grew a little bit of a liking to it, and I, like, had a big liking for the submission game of it. So I knew a little bit of stuff before I started it, and, like, me and my brother practiced triangles and all these, like, little moves and stuff before I actually went into the gym. But uh, as far as it is, like, I always wanted to be, like, a little more of a striker than anything. It's funny, like it's funny that I have like a little bit of a jujitsu rep because I always like just want to go out there and strike, and it just never ends that way. 
That's too funny. Uh, what did I hear something in the broadcast about mentioning uh, that you feel like you have ADD in the fight or um, am I way so off I, with that? I think that kind of plays like a little bit of effect into like how like quickly I freak out on myself is because I just get caught up in like, like, I don't know, like, so something's not happening or I'm not doing something in that situation. Like I just got taken down like three times or whatever. Like I'm, I'm just so caught up in that. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like if, if I'm not doing anything or something's not happening, I'm fully freaking out. Like, I, I don't know. I've watched videos of myself. I watched a video of myself and I'm like, all right, you got to stay calm this fight. You don't need to move forward. Pick them apart from the outside. And like, I remember when I was thinking that I'm bouncing around a little bit and then two seconds later, I'm like, all right, I'm not doing shit. So I had to start grouping forward again. So I you think I'm a little bit about that. Like, oh, I need to do something at all times, you know? So yeah. That's fucking, that's great. So yeah. you, you said you had to work the next day? I called him sick, man. That's like the most <laughs> question that got asked. I called him sick. We have to know, but yeah. Like, yeah, my boss was like, oh, let me guess. You're, you're not feeling good? I'm like, yeah, I'm not feeling good. I'm not feeling that today. <laughs> but I've never had a call in sick ever, so they're cool with it. What kind of job is it? So I work at a, a juvenile youth detention center. So I work like juvies. Do you counsel them? Or are, you, are you security or do you counsel them? No, I'm more of like a security thing. I'm more of security than anything. Now, how old are the kids that are there? Are they like, you know, like young, like 10 years old or 17 and, and 16? Uh, so Colorado, Colorado's unique, and I don't know if Colorado's like that unique, but like I only know about Colorado is uh, so we get Jew like uh, I'm in a long term facility, so they've did like a like a crowd that's gonna be there. They're gonna be there for a while, but I have kids up there till they're 21. So a, oh. a lot of them, I have a couple 16, 17 year olds, but a lot of them are 19, like 18. So I have a little bit of older kids, which is which is pretty cool. Um, they're they're like having that like a little bit more mature kids is a little bit, but we have like maybe like one or two 14 year olds in that facility. Yeah, it's a different job, though, man. It's weird. It, it is weird, right? So, what what is your relationship like with them? Is it like is it ever tense there, or are they most of them pretty calm? Or so I, I've been specifically sticking with my pod for like probably like six months now, where I deal with the same kids, and it's like a new program they're trying. But I used to be like all around, but my pod specifically is really good with me. Like we, we do we do a really good job, but there are moments when it's tense, man. It's it's a like I said. Um, you're dealing with a lot of trauma when you work in that facility and it goes both ways. Staff are going through a little bit of trauma with some of the kids and the kids are going through a lot of trauma throughout the way they grew up. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I don't know, man, you don't get like teenagers and the kids that age are like, it's different cause they're, they're grown up like in the sense they hit physical puberty, but they're not rationally thinking constantly. So you end up in situations where a kid's not acting the most rational in that situation. And it kind of leads to like, uh, I don't know, like a, a grown man freaking out and you have to kind of prevent that. And I'm pretty good at preventing it with just words now. Like I'm so like, I don't know. I, I, I watch the way I talk, my manners and all that stuff. And I'm always polite constantly. So for the most part, I'm, I'm able to avoid all the physical confrontation. I haven't really been socked in the face yet. So that's, that's been nice. Yeah, I've talked to it. Sorry, yeah, they they probably know that wouldn't be a smart move. I've uh, I've I've talked to a lot of guys who worked on Rikers Island, and that's just a it's a really scary job because you're you know you're you're pretty much you know you're in the middle of things. Yeah, yeah. So we've had riots and stuff before. Uh, like I said, from the, for the most part, my kids are really calm. The kids that I deal with, and we we kind of know how to address each other. And uh, I've worked around them for so long now. At this point, I've worked. At, I've been having that job for two years, so. They know how I act. They, they, they know that I'm kind of easy to get along with and uh, vice versa. So it makes it a little easier. Hey, Brandon, I, I seen how emotional you were. We just talked about it after the fight. How are you before the fight? Because I've had fighters, I've seen fighters 
just sometimes just crying before a fight. Not and they're not scared. None of them right. scared, but they're just. And it's just to somebody who doesn't know anybody, they can be like, "What oh, is this guy? Is scared to go out and fight?" Nothing to do with that. But they're just so everything. Just the 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 moment and just I don't know if it's the pressure, but it is a very. How were you before the fight? I'm a full on psychopath, man. I'm probably the like one of the crazier ones you've ever seen. Like I go punch walls, I do all that stuff, man. Where like I'm pretty calm, like everywhere else, but like right before a fight, man, I don't. I hit that. Uh, I was I was quite called like the seven stages of grief. Like I don't know if you ever heard that in, like psychology. Like there's seven stages of grief, and it's like denial. Like all like when I'm when I'm riding to the arena, I'm like it's not even gonna happen. Like I might even get a car accident. Like something might happen. You know, like like oh that's not going down. And then next thing you know, like I'm kind of going through accepting it, and finally like. I don't know, like, I get bitter about the whole thing. And then, like, right when I go out there, I kind of just accept it. And, like, right when I walk into the arena, I'm like, once, once I'm, like, in that cage, I, I'm good. Like, I'm good. But, like, before then, man, I just think, like, my, my emotions get to me, man. It's everything I ever wanted. Like, and especially, like, in a fight like that, or even, like, the fights leading up to the UFC are probably the hardest for me because I knew, like, if I lose this fight, then what does that even mean? Like, if I lose this fight, I'm not losing the fight at the, the, against the top, top opponent in the world. I'm losing a fight that could just be like, all right, well, Maybe you should think about a different job, you know, or maybe think about getting, doing something else. So then it gets like super emotional for me. Cause I put like, I don't know, you did it. You put so much work in it. You put your whole entire heart into the sport, man. You love this thing so much. And I just want to go out there and just like not choke. I don't want to go out there and not uh, perform. You know, I, that's all I want to go out there. Like if I lose, I lose. But if I go out there to go impress myself, that's all I want to go out there and do. And like, I don't know, man, it gets nerve wracking. And like, I just don't want to, I don't want to go out there and like flop out there. You know, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. And like I said, it's everything I've ever wanted in my whole entire life. And like I'm walking out to the UFC, uh, the, uh, to the, what is it? The UFC apex, man. I was just thinking, I'm like, this is everything I've ever wanted to. And like, don't step on your dick out there, man. Don't fuck up. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, so it was well, more of that. You had no problem pulling the trigger. I'll tell you that much, man. I mean, I really, I can't wait to see who's next for you, dude. Yeah. A lot I, of guys, their first showing, that's the biggest thing, man. Am I going to, am I going to, clam up in the, in the world stage in the big show there was none of that so i mean far from it what a, what an entertaining fight dude i really can't. yeah congratulations man thank you guys thank you guys. i appreciate all that man i hope that like to show you guys a little bit different side of me uh where i can entertain a little bit more so i'm excited Shit. that you guys think that, yeah. that. <laughs> and it'll be a great day when you're done with your i always love when fighters come on and we talk to them once or twice and they got their jobs and you know a lot of times it's a you know a bouncer that and then they can finally leave the day job. Like that's always a great day when you can finally quit the day job. So hopefully it won't be too long before you can just leave that. And you don't have to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a, so when I first started MMA, like I had to get a job. So I've been working like full time and then trying to manage this MMA life. And then like I was going through school, I was going to school for a while while I was doing it. And just like, I don't know. I'm glad that like I'm to a point like where like that bonus is, is going to allow me to quit my, my job. So I have a next training session where I can go to bed on time. I work overnights to train full time. So I can go to bed, like actually sleep adequate hours and then even hit extra training sessions. You know what I'm saying? I can do all the basic classes if I wanted to. And I don't, I'm so excited about the opportunity and uh, the fact that they decided to choose me and the Tim out for the fight of the night. Yeah. I, I don't know how just it was or not. I, I don't know if I would agree with it, but I appreciate it, man. And, I couldn't be any more excited that they gave it to me, man. Like it's, it's an opera. Like I said, it's an opportunity for the next year for me to go out there and just, all right, this is my job now. Like this is what I'm going to do for the next year and I'm going to give it my all and let's see where I go. All right. Well, definitely uh, good talking to you, Brandon. And again, congratulations and a uh, great, great first showing. So I'm sure you have a lot of, uh, a lot of great fights ahead of you. 
Thank you, bro. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Nice to meet both of you too. Yeah, you too, buddy. We'll talk to you again. Awesome, Brandon. Take care, buddy. Take care. You too, bro. Take care, man. What do you think? Uh, and by the way, hats off to Tyron Woodley's, uh, whoever was the cut man in that corner, really. I thought he was going to, it might be a doctor stock. I mean, they did a great job of keeping that from yes. being out of control. But John Jones, I want to talk about John Jones. First of all, incredible to watch him during the riots taking spray cans from these just, fucking assholes. How I great just was that? Watch that. I it was just great. I like when those guys, they don't even get mouthy. Now, here it is. There yeah. you go, Mr. Jones. They did what I would have done. I don't even know if they knew it was him. They just knew it was a really big dude Listen, demanding their spray you, cans. You know what I like? That wasn't some, uh, you know, uh, some job just to um, some like, you know, press thing. You know what I mean? Somebody filmed him doing that. And, it, you know, people are quick to jump on the guy if he yeah. you know, does something a little naughty or whatever it is. But, you know, hats off to John Jones, man, because a lot of guys aren't doing that. You know, I mean, and a lot of <laughs> and, and I, I guarantee he got those 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 spray those spray paint out of those kids' hands quicker than any cop would or any, anybody. I mean, they, they they probably feared him because they knew who he was and whatnot. But I respected it, man. I, I respect John Jones a lot for that. And and by the way, um, I'll say this: he's uh, talking about vacating light heavyweight title because he said there's nothing in it for him to fight Reyes or to fight Blahovich, and, and like he wants Ngannou. And I will say, not that I don't want to see Reyes or uh, you know, and he, I, I told you Thiago Santos is the rematch I really want to see. Yeah. But I think Jones wants a big name fight. He wants a big, big name. And there's not many in the light heavyweight division. There's a lot of very good fighters, but there's not a lot of uh, I, not I a lot think, of big names. I, I mean, compared Jones, to like Ngannou. I should, I'm not shitting on those guys either. Blahovich and, and Dominic Reyes. For, I thought Dominic Reyes won the fight. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I understand why he wants to go to heavyweight. There's a lot of big fights there for him. I look at it like I would love to see – that's great for John Jones, I feel. In a sense, I think he wants to challenge himself and, you know, he he feels he could beat him. He feels very confident in it. And I think after just taking – you know, being so dominant in his division for so long, he might need that kind of challenge to even motivate him. But on the other side, for Francis, I'd still like to see Francis do a few more things. You know, get that rematch. Try to fight Steve – I mean – Fight DC, then go yeah. for Stipe, and he does that. He fight, he beats DC, he beats uh, Stipe. Imagine that fight. That, so I think it's just a little too soon. Maybe, yeah. But I also think that maybe John Jones is thinking he might get taken out before they meet, and then it'll be less of a, you know what I mean? So hey, you know, I could definitely see, I could definitely uh, see why John Jones would want that fight. It would be very interesting to see that. I mean, obviously, Francis is a bigger guy. He's a stronger guy. Uh, I think Jones is a more skilled uh, I, fighter, obviously, and, and, and a jiu-jitsu guy and, and, and wrestling and, and with his legs are, are amazing how effective he is with that oblique kick. But uh, he's never been – and again, Jones can take a punch, but no one's ever hit him the way Francis – I'd be interested to see how he reacts getting hit by Francis once, if, he, if he's able to withstand that. Um, and, and regroup or if it just crumbles. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. 
Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. I'm telling you, I'll tell you, this is what's nice about both our guests, Brandon Royval and uh, Billy Quartillo, is it's like a coming out party for the, for the MMA yeah. world here. Like, now the world gets to see these guys and... You know, if you weren't a fan before, now you got somebody that you can get excited to watch now. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Somebody new, I should say. So that's what I love about that. I mean, that that fight with the Alpha Ginger, is that what his yeah. name is? Like, um, Spike, uh, Spike Carlisle, yeah. Carlisle. 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 What a, I mean, I want to ask what he was thinking when he all of a sudden, towards the end of the first round, Spike just turns around and says, all right, I was close enough to the end of the round, walks away. And then Billy gets up, punches him, takes him down. That's right. That's exactly what he yeah. should do. Sure. Well, shit, man, get after that guy. So I want to know, I mean, what, that, that's a great killer instinct. That was I a mean, great killer. And what a weird moment just to take a stroll what away. Was, I, I want to know what was going through his mind when he saw that. Just I would, yeah. Is this guy, what the hell, is this guy nuts? Because you know, you know what it is? He knew he was a wacky guy. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, little... other guy's got a, a wacky style. <laughs> I'll tell you, we're gonna. That's not. That's that's not. That's not the last we're gonna see of the Alpha Ginger. No, we're gonna see him again. The Alpha Ginger is, is terrific. Uh, he was on a it, fight fight win streak before that, and he's wow. uh, he's only lost two fights. Well, I'll tell you. And what is Billy's record now? Billy's fourteen and, and two, I think. And he's two oh. and zero oh now in the UFC. By the way, Matt, we all know what. Um, and we will go over our picks, uh, which let's be honest, uh, not great. Oh, let's do uh, that. Let's do that. Uh, Augusto uh, Sakai it defeated uh, uh, Blagoya Ivanov, and, and I took Ivanov, and uh, and you took Sakai. Thank you. How did anybody see that? What? Didn't one of the judges see it? 30, 20, yeah, I remember 30, yeah, 27 for even, and I'm like, how did you see that 30, 27? I, dude, I have no Pretty, idea. That's crazy. All I those big no body idea. kicks that fucking crazy. Sakai was putting on him. It was crazy. I like Sakai. I was impressed with that. He was pretty patient in there. Um, really nice kicks. He had to get on the bike a little bit when he had to. And uh, I liked it. I li- I enjoyed it. Even though so, uh, he's a little unassuming because he looks maybe a little chubby, a little, you know, a little, a little stocky guy. And uh, Sakai was, Sakai's a, a really, a really nice striker, man. Yeah. I want to switch next to him. That, that, that was a good test for him, even though, yeah. you know? Also, uh, yes. by the way, we should take a moment, Matt, to praise our good friend, 3025, um, I, I, all three, I guess, Caitlin Chukagan, what a oh. dominant fucking performance over uh, Antonina Shevchenko. I mean, I mean it was complete dom- 10-8, 10-8, and then uh, 10-9. But it really, and, and Shevchenko looked decent in the beginning of the third round, but then, you know, Chukagan, I think, won the second half of that round. Absolutely um, incredible performance. It's the best I've seen her fight yet. And you know what's great about that? Like, when you think of Caitlin, you're thinking 
a lot of times you think in her like on her feet with her strikes yeah. and and she's because that's you know I mean that's kind of her mo that's what she does yeah. yes but in this one so strategic and you've seen a clip of her working with our re- our friend Ryan Lafleur that's right former UFC fighter welterweight um, at his school doing the same kind of combo stepped in with a jab then jab right left hook clinch takedown and then you've seen her do that right to the body lock in the fight I love seeing that. I love seeing people practicing things and then executing them in the fight because that's really what it's all about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because so, yeah, there's no getting lucky in that. It's like, look, it's exactly like just like when we saw Jorge Masvidal practicing that flying knee and then went on with uh, Mike Brown the day before he did that on Ben Askren. So when you see um, uh, Caitlin do the uh, do the like the same combo into that body lock and then the takedown shows you how smart she was in in uh, preparation for this fight. Yeah, I mean, she was, and look, I give a certain amount of credit too for, um, you know, Shevchenko, I thought, did a great job to survive because she was in trouble very early in the first very round. Tough. Very tough. But uh, we got Billy Q coming on. I want to tell you, though, a, a, a sign, a sign to look for when somebody's mounted from the waist down, okay? From the waist down, if they're not moving, they're not going to be getting out anytime soon. All right, so I would definitely be working on her trap and roll to elbow escape, elbow escape to trap and roll type of scenarios. Whoever's working with uh, Antonina. What's up, Billy? What's up, boys? How you guys doing? Good. Congratulations. That was a a really amazing fight, and and what an amazing uh, withstanding that first round onslaught that he uh, he he was really pretty devastating that first round and you and you I know I know it was it was, uh, was kind of it was you know you you imagine how these fights are going to go I knew he was a big strong dude and I knew he's super aggressive in the first round you know his last fight he won by knockout in that first round so I knew he was going to start off being aggressive I did not want it to go that way like I didn't expect it to go that way and um, you know right from right from the opening bell he came right at me and he uh, he started punching me and elbowing me in the back of the head and from that moment on, I'm like, dude, you got to do everything you can to, to not get finished, and you got to win this fight. Like, and uh, it was motivating enough to do everything I could to, to get the decision. Talk about adversity, man, to deal with that. What an onslaught. And I'll tell you, a lot of times, guys, they put out, um, they put out such an energy trying to take a guy out that they use so much energy doing that that they – they're not the same guy in the next round. He he had a pretty good gas tank for a guy to uh, have his foot on the pedal the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I thought he was. I thought I was going to be able to break him. And uh, as you know, you know. Um. So he kind of he tagged me up in the first round, and I knew. Uh. I knew once I got him in my full guard, I felt really comfortable. You know, I saw his punches coming, and you know, I got. In my opinion, I, I actually just rewatched the fight uh, this morning, and uh, I think I got a little too comfortable in the guard because I just felt like he was going to wear himself out. He was. He was wearing himself out just trying to throw punches. I, I got too comfortable, and I thought I'd be able to get a submission a little easier, a triangle choke or, or an arm bar. And, um, and, and yeah, he, he – give him credit. He kept fighting on it, and, and he escaped a couple of my attacks. And, uh, you know, rewatching it, I was like, man, what a wild-ass fight it was. <laughs> that was an incredible fight. Matt had some theory. Matt, do you want to share your theory about how he kept escaping? Because we noticed uh, the same thing. Now, listen, I mean – <laughs> beautiful setups those triangles and i go oh my god he just put himself back in it and i yeah. see you tighten it my theory now you know better than me the alpha gingers corn rolls they helped it slip out did you i don't know if you watched it did you feel that oh no 
Yeah, well, it was. I did. I did remember like elbowing. Like the both of my elbows right now are all jacked up from just elbowing. I was trying to trying to crack open a coconut that whole fight. You know, trying to elbow him and trying to break him. Uh, I do remember. Uh, I think I made. Uh, and you, you're the the master black belt again. Like, you know, I've trained at your gym a few times. I was training with the Long Island boys right after the fight. Ally Quinta and Aljamain and Den, that whole your whole crew, man. I love those guys. And uh, um, so when I go for that triangle. I have such a problem. Like I try to lock the triangle in and I've made this mistake before I elbowed him enough where he was able to slip his head out, you know, doing the damage of, of elbowing him and pushing it out just enough. So what I should have done watching it back, I should have hooked the leg and came this way more. And instead of elbowing him and, and giving him a chance to push out, I should have went for the, the choke. Yeah. Wait, let me ask you, Billy. The, the, now you're saying did the elbowing, are you saying your body turned a certain way that allowed you that allowed him to slip or you, you elbowed him so hard you actually pushed him back through your leg? Yeah, a little bit of both. A little bit of like my elbow actually pushing his head, you know, from like, I'll show you. If it was like locked up like here, my elbow pushing his head out that way. And that's basically what he did. He kind of came out the back door. And, um, you know, I thought it was closed. That I went for a rear naked choke. He did a really good job. He was uh, definitely definitely bigger and stronger and more explosive than me, um, and that was just a credit to, you know, this quarantine. I haven't been able to lift as many weights. We haven't been able to wrestle. He wanted to do it up, you know, up to 150 pounds when I, I could easily make 145, and uh, I didn't put enough a, a lot of weight on. So he was he's definitely a physically strong strong person, and uh, you know, big big win for me. Yeah, what a, what a shitty way to get out of a triangle, by the way, to have your head elbowed through <laughs> of all the ways to get out. Like Oh, and I just keep remembering uh, elbowing him so many times in those cornrows. <laughs> One of the uh, stranger moments, uh, Billy, is when he just decided to end around like a few seconds before it was actually over. I love the killer instinct. Yeah. You're just like, fine, God, you went after him. You hit him, you took him down. Uh, yeah. what, what was going through your mind there? Yeah, so um, I, actually just, I actually just made a post addressing this, but I did want to talk about it. So for those who don't know, you know, he won his last fight by those, you know, it was a close, I don't know if you watched his last fight, he elbowed Alon. It looked like some close elbows where they could have been like a 10 to 6 elbow and they looked like they could have been in the back of his head. So I didn't like that at all because I know, I know who Alon is. And, you know, not only that he's my boy, I just thought it was like kind of close to illegal elbows. So this fight starts and he almost knocks me out with the same elbows. He elbows me right here in the back of the head. Like I, I got a huge bruise in the back of my head. So I'm, with, with, with some fighters, I feel like I would have been, I wouldn't have done it. I feel like with some fighters, but after he elbowed me in the back of the head and we got in such a dog fight to start this fight off in my head, honestly, I'm like, fuck this dude. Like whatever I can do to win this fight, I'm winning this fight. Okay. And when he got, when he got up with 10 seconds left, me and him both do enough rounds where we know that is plenty enough time for me to jump up and, and hit you. We also know that he throws a lot of like spinning attacks. So when I heard 10 seconds left, he got up for a split second. I was thinking he might come with like a spinning back fist. So I hesitated for like a split second. The ref says, keep fighting, keep fighting. And then I was like, oh man, he's, you know, he, there's still enough time where I knew I could land that and uh, basically try to win the round. You know what I mean? Cause like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah. That was a really odd move. You don't see many guys do that, but it's, it's always interesting to watch the, how the other person reacts when they do it. Like a, a lot of guys might've actually went like, oh, was the round over? Like what's, but you didn't, uh, you knew exactly where you were. It's, it's a fight. We only had 15 minutes to win the fight, especially since he was winning the early part of the rounds. When he got up, I'm, I'm going right till the end of that bell. You know what I mean? So that was, 
that was ridiculous. And since he already elbowed me in the back of the head, in my, in my theory, there's as long as it's not after the bell, because I'm I'm not like a dirty fighter. Um, there was no reason for him to get up in that position. Um, and definitely, I'll take advantage of that every single time. And like I said, if it was if it was a fighter who who you know wasn't like saying all you know before the fight this guy said he's gonna massacre me he said he's gonna like crucify me all these weird religious things um oh, and then shit. to do that i was like dude there is if you give me a chance to punch you in the face within those 15 minutes i'm gonna punch you in yeah. the face and that's how i ended the fight too just punch you in the face as many times as i could i'm going to smite you like yeah, you, you never want biblical terms uh from your yeah opponent. exactly <laughs> now a lot of times during the fight we were just talking to uh brandon Ravel and about something similar is uh during the fight you're so in like in the moment after it after the fight's over sometimes you're thinking of the things that didn't go so well for you or or some of the mistakes you made or whatever so yeah. how how confident were you that you were getting a decision because i'll tell you close fight for sure very close uh were, yeah. you, were you worried because what were you thinking when it was yeah over? honestly yeah, honestly, looking back on the fight, uh, I know I know what I did wrong, and that was uh, it was you know not to make excuses. We didn't what what I did was a lot of the stuff I've been doing in that quarantine, and and that was that is like when our gym shut down. You know, Matt Arroyo, you know he he trained with you quite a bit. Yeah, he's he always says good things about Matt. There's a picture of, of uh, Matt Sarah and yeah. the Ultimate Fighter team right in our gym there, and you've been there and done done seminars. So sure. they had to, we had to shut it down, and during that time. All I was doing was I was boxing in my yard. I was basically boxing on my patio, like hitting mitts and sparring. And then my buddy had a garage where we would just do jujitsu and we would do scrambles. It wasn't big enough to wrestle. In. So I got so comfortable, you know, on my back. And, and honestly, like the way he was in my guard, I just knew I could submit him. So why stand back up and have, you know, have him like punch me in the back of the head or the elbow in the back of the head when, I threw up those diamonds and, and I thought I was going to be able to submit him. I re I put too much confidence that he escaped a few of those. And next thing you know, we ran out of time, but I felt like I was, I was headed towards breaking him. The biggest mistake I made is just getting too comfortable with my guard. Like get, let's get back yeah. next fight. I know I just got to get back to my feet and, and try to finish him because even though uh, I thought, you know, like I came clo uh, close on the triangle on the rear naked choke, um, you know, you're not winning the fight usually when you're on your back. So after watching the fight, if you listen to it without commentary, I feel like he doesn't really do that much damage when he's on top of me and I'm throwing up submissions. And then when I go to take his back, I do land a lot of big shots, bust him up. His whole face was busted up. And, um, and, and I think I just, uh, I, I want a lot more of those scrambles too. How hurt were you in the first? And again, cause sometimes it, it looks like it's worse than it is uh, because a lot of times the punches are landing flush or, or they're being blocked. How hurt were you in there? Cause it, it looked like it, it was lucky for you to survive the first round. Were you not as hurt as it appeared? No, the first, honestly, the first, uh, you know, and then uh, this is something I got to break. We knew he was going to come right running right at me. So I had a couple options and I, the options are kind of, you know, kind of peel off to the side, you know, try to take him down. But that cage is a lot smaller than uh, you know, than I was anticipating. And once the fight started, he, he was right there. And instead of coming with, like, punches, he came with, like, a front kick. And so at that point, I was going to just catch the kick and take him down, which we kind of started off. And then once I grabbed his leg, he started elbowing in the back. And I'm like, dude, I, I literally watched his last fight probably 10 times where he won the fight by right away they got into a scramble and started elbowing right in the back. And uh, so I was like, dude, I, he can't beat me. So that's why – uh, early on in the fight. That's why I got kind of back to my guard. And uh, that was kind of like a, 
where I was able to, to recover. And I recovered after the first round. Like at the end of the first round, I'm like, all right, now it's time to turn it up and break this guy. And he did a, he did a better job uh, resisting that than I was hoping for. But overall, um, I, still, I still think I did more damage and, and was closer to finishing the fight. Yeah, I mean, between that second and third round, your coach, Matt Arroyo, uh, what did he tell you? Jimmy, it, what Billy was saying before, his, his uh, jiu-jitsu coach, Matt Arroyo, yeah. he was on, when I coached first Matt Hughes on season six of The Ultimate Fighter, Matty Boy was, um, was on my team. And then after that, Matt, and I, you know, he stayed, Jim, he wanted to get some training in for the uh, finale. Matt actually stayed at my house for like a week. And the, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, so me and Matt are cool. Yeah, Matt's a great guy. Did he, so you know, listen, the first round, even though it ended great with you with that, that punch and takedown, you know, a rough round. Second round, you're back in it. It comes down to the third round. I didn't, did Matt stress to you you needed that round? Do you remember anything between the corner? In the corner yes, one? and uh, you know this is this is something. If you know, if you if you've seen my fights, a lot of times this is kind of what we are anticipating. We are anticipating he's going to get off to a, a a first start. You know, if you lose, if if I lose round one, that's okay. But don't take too much damage and go and break him in rounds two and three. So they he basically told me what he tells me every fight, like whether it's a close fight or not, you need to go look for that finish, and that's always what we're working towards, and it, it usually works out. We were there was I don't remember if he mentioned anything like like you're down two two nothing. I remember him saying he's like that was I remember him saying round two is a close round, but he did say, you know, you can't spend as much time on your back and do everything you can to finish this guy because just so there's not any controversy. It's funny, um it's funny how one fight could really just the fight IQ that you gain like from one fight. We were just talking to the the with Brandon Raval. And uh -huh. he was saying how, oh, well, I know some things I shouldn't have done. Like, I shouldn't sit back to guard with my guillotine because I can't get away with that in, in, in like, the high in, – uh, on the highest level. I can't get away with that. And yeah. it's funny how you're mentioning how spending too much time on my back, I could lose a fight like that. And it yeah. sticks with you. And you guys both want to fight, but you're taking this from it. And it reminds me of, like, one with Aljamain. Aljamain. His fight with Brian Caraway. He gave the yeah. fight away because he's so good at the neck. He's like, I got his neck. He went to the guard. His head pops out. Gave away the yeah. round. Might have lost him the fight. Never did yeah. that again. So it's funny how you just take – one fight could just really just instill, you know, just um, some shit in you. and just So much. Raise, yeah, it raises your, uh, your, your fight IQ. You know? Yeah, and I'm, and, I'm, you know, and I'm lucky. You know, it was a close fight. I've, you know, I've seen – Split, you know, you know, Jorge Masvidal's had like what, like three split decision losses in a row. Yeah. So I'm lucky because you know I'm not one of these. I'm not like you know some of these fighters who've been around forever who have you know that I can't take a year off co financially comfortably. You know, so to still be able to get my win bonus, I didn't get the fight of the night bonus, which I was definitely hoping for. But at the end of the day, I'm lucky. I'm lucky to get the win and still know you got a lot to learn from this. One of those things is you know. I'm not. I'm not even a big 145er to go up to 150. I knew how risky it was, um, and and I knew it was taking a big chance. But just to go and I got to make sure I'm, you know, that I don't get like physically, you know, because it's one thing to to not be the better fighter, but to you know, if I would have lost this fight, I think it would have been because I was a little bit smaller than him, and he was able to physically beat me, let alone on technique. Because a lot of that stuff, you know, I took his back, and he basically just exploded in. And I'm like, damn, like. A dude my size shouldn't be able to do that to me. It's weird when um, guys so they're so physical and strong. 
Yeah. That, that I hate when they also they get out just totally the wrong way. It's like, wait yeah. a minute. Like you had his back. I'm like, oh, this is. And he kind of just reached and was like, Rrr. it's like, yeah, what the and fuck? Like, and it makes it worse, uh, obviously, skin on skin. You can't do that yeah. shit with even a t-shirt on with the with the friction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So little things like that. It's it, it, it's, it's definitely it's definitely different. And uh, that's that's exactly what I took from it. I'm like, you know, every fight you want to get better, but I'm like, my jujitsu's got to get tighter. Uh, my wrestling's got to get tighter um, and continue with the conditioning because that's obviously one of my bigger weapons. Is you know I could I'm, I'm I would love to do like a five round fight. I think that would be like like because I really I I sometimes get off to a slow start and then I know when when these guys like these are first round fighters we call them where they have like nine or ten first round finishes. They're not used to seeing guys in the second and third round still going hard. And uh, I've I've seen that shock in a lot of people. And and credit to him because usually. I break them and finish them, and, and he was able to make it tell tell the the final bell. It was a great fight, and uh, you know there's a great argument for it being fight of the night too. It was uh, really really close. And uh, who do you have? Uh, who do you have lined up next? Do you have your eye on anybody you want next? Uh, you know, there's a there's a few people. So um, this was actually my third opponent. So when I first signed with the UFC, um, and that was and and, and Matt knows uh, I, I trained with. Uh, one of my boys, Matt Fervola, who actually lives in Long Island, trains with Matt Sarah. He's he's here right now with us because of because of the whole pandemic. And so the next thing is uh, I'm going to try to get get ready for his fight. He's fighting uh, on June 20th in Vegas. So my goal is to help him out um, and then uh, kind of decide what's going to be next. I got I got a couple of bumps and bruises I got to get looked at, um, but. I was matched up when I, when I was training, I, I came up to see Matt Sarah and train with those guys. I was matched up with this guy, Chris Fishgold. He backed out of the fight. So that was my first fight. And then this next fight, the pandemic happened. So we canceled the Gavin Tucker fight. So those are two guys that like, I signed contracts to fight them. So like, I've always had them. I've always imagined fighting them. Um, there's some other guys that I would love to see. Um, you know, guys who are just like more popular, like uh, Chase Hooper. That'd be a fun fight. I really like that kid. And he's, and he's super young. He's fighting Alex Caceres. Those two guys both have big names that, you know, I would like to fight guys with bigger names. You know what I mean? That, that can help me climb the rankings. Um, but, you know, I'm open to fight whoever. Um, featherweight division is a fun division. Um, right now I just want to heal up and then uh, see what else is up there. But definitely a bigger name because, uh, you know, I'm 2-0 now. And, uh, you know, my plan is to, is to get, get a world championship. You know, keep fighting until I get, uh, get in the top 15 and then keep climbing from there. Yeah, that Caceres fight is uh, this Saturday at uh, on the prelims at uh, two fifty. That's a great fight. Yeah, big fight and big and both both guys have big names. Chase, um, we actually uh, I actually met Chase, so he got signed by the Contender Series, and uh, they he wasn't fighting in the UFC yet, and I and I didn't know uh, you know I really didn't know much about him, and uh, we actually grappled at the PI, and I'm like, man, this kid's pretty good. We went back and forth. No one submitted anyone. Um, but it got to a point where like he had a fight coming up. So like, I wasn't like, we weren't really trying to like hurt each other. Cause I didn't really know much about him and, and he had a fight coming up. Neither one of us caught each other, but I'm like, man, this kid's, you know, he's pretty good. And uh, next thing I know he gets the featherweight deal and it seems like he's got all this, all this publicity and which is good. Cause you know, he's a, he's a young fighter. So I don't want to like call out this like young kid but he's definitely got a lot of publicity and, and he's a featherweight too. So uh, I, I like the guy that'd be, a, it'd be a fun fight for me. Alex Caceres has been around forever. He's a big name and he actually eliminated one of my, when I first moved to Gracie, when I first moved to Gracie, Tampa South, when I first moved to Tampa, 
uh, one of my one of the the guys there just got eliminated from Alex Casarius to get on the Ultimate Fighter, and this was way back in the day. So like, I've always kind of thought I'm like, oh man, I'll probably have to fight him eventually, but I, I never thought it would be this much longer. Either one of those guys, I'd love yeah. to see you fight either one of them. Chase, it's funny about Chase because you look at him; he goes around telling people he's a uh, Ben Askren's kid because he's got the same <laughs> the wacky hair, he's yeah. got the hair like that. But you look at see, you look at you. And if people take a look at you, they go, all right, this, I, this kid, you can tell he's a fighter. You know, you see your ears, you got that look. Yeah. Uh, you look at Chase, you kind of look like <laughs> you can put him in a fucking headlock or something, like throw him in a locker, and he's the dangerous kid. That's why, yeah. I think, not only that, he's a very entertaining fighter, but I think that adds to a little bit to it, because when you look at him, you're almost like, oh, man, I want to protect this kid. And meanwhile, he's a badass. It's funny. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, I don't want to call him out, because he is, he's like, I think he's, he's like the youngest UFC player. He's like 10 years yeah. younger than me. So I don't want to like act like I'm like picking on this kid, but at the same time, he's super popular. Um, it, it would be a fun fight. I think he's on, un, he's undefeated. still. he's nine to no. Um, and also since he got, he basically got, uh, a, a, a UFC deal and he got like regional fights. So he actually makes a, a good, he's on his second contract already, which, you know, I don't think he should be making more than me because, I had to go through the ultimate fighter. I had to go through the contender series. And then my, I got my first UFC contract. So even though it's, even though I'm two and zero in the UFC, he's still uh, on his, like, you know, he has more fights under his Zufa contract. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, I'd, like so. to see, I'd like to see it, man. Yeah. I'd watch. Yeah, Matt, I'll come. Uh, I actually missed out. I was going to come and train with, uh, with you and Ray Longo, man. You guys yeah. are so, uh, I appreciate you guys so much. I love that school up there. You guys got a, a real special gym. And a real yeah. special camp, and I love getting up there. You know, being a being a Buffalo, New York guy, yeah. I love uh, the, the New York cross training. Hey man, you fit right in, dude. I loved seeing you last time, and when uh, we're able to strangle each other again, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I remember last time, and I was like, damn. And, and uh, I, uh, uh, everyone from uh, from your gym, I remember all of them being like, hey man, you want to roll? You want to roll? And I can tell them like, damn, dude, these guys are all good. You know, we yeah. I, I was getting in, I, we were getting in with all of them. Like, damn, everyone here is really good. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that, dude. Yeah, yeah, no problem, man. It's great talking to you, Billy, and I'm sure we'll see you again. And congratulations. It was, it was really uh, it was a great fight, and uh, yeah, you look great. Thank, yo, thank you guys so much, man. This is just the beginning. I want to you know, keep this going, and uh, I'm, I'm just going to keep getting better and better and better. I, I love learning it. I love this game. Um, I remember talking to like DC and Bisbing at the, at the fighters meeting. They're like, oh, man, what are you so happy about? And uh, – I just got done seeing like some of the shit that Carlisle was saying online. He's like, Oh, it's going to be a massacre. He's going to be this. And I was smiling. Cause I'm like, man, I love this shit. Like this guy's talking smack. You get like that, like that nervous adrenaline. You're like, I can't let this dude win this fight. And like, you know, you're talking all these big, you know, you know, now Matt, Sarah, there's another former world champion, hall of famer talking to Bisbing DC, like Laura Sanko, just all these people that, uh, you know, are big shots now. And, and you, of course, Jimmy, uh, just oh. all, all the big shots. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, well, thank you, Billy. It's, uh, it was great watching you fight. I'm sure we will have you on again uh, whenever you like. And very uh, before your next fight. Very entertaining, bro. Congrats again. Thanks, Matt. Yo, I appreciate it so much. Aljamain, I know. Yes. Uh, Al Aljamain, that fight, th that fight card this weekend. Wow, it's a banger. I, I think he's going to handle his business and uh, hopefully get that title fight. Dude, I yeah, can't it's wait, about man. time for him. Yes. I'm so excited. So much exciting stuff. I'm so happy the fights are back. I really am. I know. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time, man. And I like what they're doing back-to-back -back weeks. It was, you know, it was a little different without the crowd, but watching it now, like, it makes no difference, man. Yeah. Like, it was a, a fight's a fight. 
And being on tough that you probably you can relate yeah, to that. That is that's, yeah. that's what I said after. So this was my fourth fight in like a tiny crowd. I was like, dude, I want my next fight to be in like a, a stadium. Like I want to fight for millions. Like that's uh, what we dreamed about. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I feel the guys that that fought on tough have a, a little bit of an advantage here. Um, Tim Elliott, it, that guy's got experience. You see between rounds, him going, you know, man, it's too 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 fucking quiet in here. Like you know. Yeah. I don't I said fucking. Did you say fucking? Did I throw a fucking in? Yeah, no, I think you just say fucking. Okay, good. I think so. Oh, you just. <laughs> I don't want to you fucking, fucking say no. Uh, I, I did think that was weird too because, uh, yeah, it felt like, especially how the pandemic was, the, like the UFC staff, the whole time we were in that hotel, they weren't letting people come and go. They, te- they checked us. They kept changing these like bracelets that we had. Um, it did feel like the ultimate fighter where like, it's like I'm a grown man, but you, you're telling me where I yeah, like yeah, when I can leave, yeah. when I can go. And uh, some people, I'm sure, were not used to that because you know, usually as fighters, we do it so we can make our own schedules. Like I, I want to do whatever I want. Yeah, you know? it's true. And, uh, when when people tell us what to do, it, it, people get on on edge, especially when you know you got to fight. So uh, yeah, for me being on the Ultimate Fighter, me and Frivola were roommates. Like we've done, we like we did back in co- like our like college days. Ah. And, uh, it was it was it was easy, man. We I didn't have any family. My my fiance had to stay home. My dad, my my family. So no no distractions. And uh, you know, I'm just happy we got to keep our cell phones and listen to music. Oh, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I remember getting my back then. I had a fucking iPod. This was a while ago when I was on the Ultimate <laughs> Fighter. I remember getting it back and just. I was so happy, maybe because I won the fucking thing. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny, man. These memories you're having, getting ready for these fights. I was just looking on Instagram, and you got out in Vegas. Now they went to the Red Rock like Canyon where the mountains are, oh, and yeah, it was yeah. uh, it was Marab, Aljo, Raging Al, uh, yeah. their buddy Zuka, the whole crew over there. Yeah. Matt was Matt Favola with them? Maybe not. I'm not sure. He we, well, so we. So yeah, I actually, I, so I, I did that the one time when I cut weight and yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Like you look back on these and we saw that whole crew right after the fight. What a good, yeah. what a good group of guys. Oh. Uh, they were so excited. And, uh, well, yeah. So me for and them were all, we all got together and uh, yeah, man, good memories. And I told the guys who aren't in the UFC yet, they're trying to get there. I'm like, dude, you'll look back on this and be like, you know, yes. I, it, it's awesome to see like the, the guys bringing them up too. Uh, oh. same thing with our guys at, at Grace and Tampa South. Like I want to try to get them out there and start getting used to doing this stuff it's it's a great you oh listen as a guy that looks back on his career on times like that getting ready for the weeks of the fight and the week of the fight and it's it stuff's just uh it's it's like you know it stays in your mind dude and it's just uh it's great memories for the rocking chair you know what i mean i see I these guys put, I, I, know I mean it's mean, just man. something fun that they're putting on instagram with them running on the mountain marab's doing <laughs> marab is doing pull-ups on a cliff and i'm like <laughs> These guys, they might just be like spending an afternoon there, but they, you know, that's something that's going to stay with them forever. Yeah. It was so cool, man. Yeah, good, and uh, that's funny. That's funny you mentioned Marab. So the day of our, uh, the day I had to, uh, the day I was cutting weight, I cut the weight, and we came back, and me, Arroyo, and Rawlings, uh, and Frivola are all hanging out. We were watching uh, your Dana White's uh, 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 looking for a fight, yeah. and we watched the episode with Marab. And watching, you know, you and your family there, and him, and uh, you coaching everyone. Um, you coached uh, Jiu-Jitsu James to a win. Yes, and that, James that, Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, that kid's a stud too. He is um, a stud. And then watching Marab get the win and dancing all around, we're like, man, this is like, even though it's like a regional show, I'm like, look at those are all things to look back on. Just being like, man, anytime I get nervous right before a fight, I'm like, dude, what if? what if you were in an office right now? Or like, right. what if, what if when you're 65 or 70, you're like, man, I wish, I wish I could be doing that now. Like 
So what's what's the point to be nervous when we're living we're living like rock stars? Live, yeah, Live and you can always dream. stop. You don't have to do it. You know, it's one of those things that hey, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. And I've and I've been lucky enough to have some really shitty jobs like being a server, working uh, cleaning dishes, working in a law office that was just paperwork all day. I'm like, dude, this is this ain't bad. <laughs> Why a law hey. office? Did you want to be a lawyer or a paralegal? No. So actually, I didn't want to at all. So I well, I did go to business school. <laughs> But I was I was an amateur fighter, and I basically needed basically needed a job during. I wanted to work during the day because most of our our training was at night. So what I would do before then, I was always like a server. I would just hustle, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at nighttime, and then work during the weekends, and then I would train all week. So there's a guy. He's a brown belt at our gym now. His name's Pete Molinelli. He owns a law office and he basically just gave me the job just to help me out, just to like help me, help me with my career. And so he basically gave, gave me a job in his law office, basically peddling paperwork, like get going through, going through some like the paperwork, basically being like an assistant, oh, you know? Wow. And I did, it, it was really easy work. It was basically just making sure certain things were in order. Um, but he basically gave me the job just to help me out and uh, kind of further my, my MMA career. Man, I would rather lose a fight than start doing that paperwork shit. It's, oh my right? god! <laughs> I think yeah. Billy's with me. Billy, it's all about the journey, buddy. And yeah. uh, I'm happy. I'm, I'm congrats on the fight again, dude. Can't wait to see what's next. I the, both our guests today, you and Brandon Raval. I think it's like a, a coming out party to the yeah. MMA world because you guys might have been known, but those your fights over the weekend, man. Shit! Now, now you put you put the the world on notice. Everybody, you know, guys are going to start looking forward to your fights more and more like I am. Hey, man, congrats, bro. Yeah, we'll talk oh, to you yeah, again, yeah. all right? Thank, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'll definitely be back back again soon, man. I really appreciate it. Be all good, right, Billy. Thanks. Nice talking to you. All right, guys. Take care. Take care. We really have to go over the picks really let's, quick. Let's, yeah, there's only a couple of them because ah. Billy's fight wasn't on it because that was jumped up, I think, from the prelims. Um, let's look, Jimmy. Let's look at our picks. You know, we so both lost see. on Tyron. Yes. Uh, can I just tell you? Sure. I was so in. Well, who? What? What did you pick with Mackenzie Dern? I picked her. You picked first round sub. I picked a second round sub. Okay. What happened again? I have a. She uh, submitted her in the first round. I hit the applause if we had it. I listen to me. I love that 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 knee that uh knee yeah. bar she did. Incredible. It's very. It was a very jujitsu one on one. A lot of times you're going for an arm bar. They pull out the legs there. You go for the leg. She put her knee behind her knee. She reached over, pelvis forward, brought it to her butt, seized that up. You see it going, bending in the wrong direction. It was just that. You see the level, um, uh, of uh, what kind of jujitsu player she is. Uh. At, in a, in, a, in a transition like that. Somebody else would yeah, twist off, kick on your butt. She had that thing pinpoint where if Cyphers didn't tap out, that leg's broken. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if she's, if she's, you know, got some ice on that thing right now. Yeah, that was a great, great. She looked, uh, I think that uh, Cyphers had a little, a little bit of uh, luck uh, striking too. And, and look at McKenzie might have a tough time, but uh that was really a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, knee bar. Awesome knee bar, man. Yeah. And she had the, you know, and she was getting a little pieced up at the beginning. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm it saying, was, yeah. Hannah Cyphers was uh, using good framework, kneeing her elbows, punches. She was looking good, man. It was looking like it was going to be a long night for Mackenzie, but it just shows you, man, one little slip up. Hannah had a point when she was on top of her that she could have backed out. 
She could have backed away and brought that fight back to defeat. In hindsight, I know it's 2020. Yeah. That's where she made the, the, the critical error of just going back and trying that open guard. And maybe she, well, she couldn't get clinched up in an open guard. Not in the, you know, oof, beautiful, beautiful finish by McKenzie. And, and Matt, sorry to interrupt you. An interesting fact, that was the first time uh, in the history of women's MMA, or for UFC at least, uh, that there was a submission victory with a leg technique. First sum- leg lock submission yeah. in women's MMA history in the UFC. That yeah. is so wild. Congrats, Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, that was really, really, oh, uh, nice. she looked it. great. And I, and I know that she probably feels good about that after a couple of the issues with weight, you, you know, I, I'm sure she's very, very happy that that went as well as it did. Man, let me tell you, I was so impressed. Uh, go ahead, Jimmy. What else do we have? We well, talked about Augusto Sakai. You took Sakai and you were right second round stoppage. I took Ivanov by second round stoppage and I was ferociously incorrect. Oh, so I was, so you're trying to, so you're telling Jimmy, you're trying to tell me right now. Yeah. That with the my Mackenzie Dern pick with the first round submission that was on the on the money, and you're all you're also telling me, if I'm yes. not mistaken, I don't want to draw this out. I am a little bit sure that I hit on the head, Sakai second round stoppage. So I got those. No, it was a split decision. Oh, you, I picked second round stoppage. Oh yeah. shit! What? what was, yeah, you won though. You did get that. <laughs> Let's cut this out. No, we can leave this part in. Um, and, and, and the Roberts fight, Robert uh, Roosevelt Roberts uh, against Brock Weaver. Uh, you are correct. Because I picked, I I picked Roberts by decision. Oh, that's right. You picked Weaver by decision. So I had the right fighter, but I had the wrong method. I think uh, it was a really uh, joke. It's a rough so, night for us, Jimmy. We did not do well. for us. But you know we, what? We're terrible. I don't care what I'm like. No, I don't care when I'm wrong when it's a good fight and stuff. I don't sure, care. I don't care. I just like to enjoy it. I enjoy. You know what I like to do? I like to see Mackenzie Dern deal with some adversity and then get a freaking knee bar. That's what I like to see. I like to see that as well. That Not was just because I picked this first round sub, but yeah. I'm saying I get excited. I get, I, I jump off the couch, Jimmy. Yeah, like a no. maniac. You do. All right. I get so happy. And I'm so impressed with uh with Caitlin with her fight. And uh, she was that that to me was the highlight of the night was how dominant she was. Um it was really nice to see because we like her so much. I was happy not that she that she won, but she made a real statement. Um and they, and they even pointed out what better way to get back at Valentina than by such a dominating um, you know, fight over her sister. You know it's it's I almost predicted when we had Caitlin on, I was like, is it a dream for you to be in this fight, to be just mounted on it, looking through the cage, saying, you made me do this. I yeah. said that shit and pretty much went down like that. I couldn't believe how she just looked like a jiu-jitsu fighter. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, props to John Danner, too, because, you know, she trains at the Hensel Gracie Academy, which she's been trying to get you down to forever. I know, and, uh, I know. She trains with my buddy, Jedi John Danner, or Sith. He's a little dark. <laughs> I have to... All right, Jimmy, what else? I know you're good, man. This was a fun one. This was a fun one. Jimmy, guess what I'm turning tomorrow? 43. You did that on purpose because you're 46. 46 years old. Ah. I wish there was a boo button I could hit. Because now we got to start, dude, even 45, you don't, you don't, you you can still say, yeah, you're right in the middle. But now I got, now I got to like, now I got to, you know, 
if anybody has 46, you might as well just say 50. Yeah. You got to round it up. Yeah. Is that true, Jimmy? Well, I mean, I know I would say I said 50 when I was like 49 and 48 because it was easier. Yeah. This way yeah. you get used to saying it. So when you hit 50, it's not that bad. Jimmy, I think you're looking at, I'm going to be like, if I get to be that old, I will be, I, I don't, I don't see me maturing that much more. I mean, I'm mature. I handle my business, husband, father. I do the right thing. Yeah. I don't, I, you do think I'm going to one day say, you know what? This V8, this VR stuff, video games, it's a little childish. You no. see me doing that anytime soon? No, Jimmy. All right, listen, you want to give me a happy birthday in advance? Because When's your birthday? It's, to, it's kind of sad that I'm telling you to give me a happy birthday. It's, happy birthday, but I'll talk, I'll give you, I'd rather give you a belated one on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> a belated one on Wednesday is, is Jimmy, You're the best, Jimmy. Listen to me. I will FaceTime you later. Yes. Uh, thank, uh, thank you for having such a – thank you for having patience with me, Jimmy. Oh, this was fun. Yeah, you use the Sam Roberts. Listen. Speaking of childish shit, he's into that fucking WWE. He's into wrestling. Yeah, Sam is a, is a, man, is a man child. That, you, you hang out with two man childs all day. Yes, I do. Who's, if you had to say, who, which one's more of a man child? Don't think about it for a Hard second. Hard to say. I'd have to think that over because both of you have your adult qualities too. Yes, that's true. Which one's a Hall of Famer? All right, Jimmy, listen. Great point. You're the best, be you. Jimmy. I miss you already. I will see you in a couple days. All right, have a good night, buddy. See you soon. Take care, Jimmy. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 